0: So my name is Erin. Can
1: you put it over here. My name is Erin, and this
0: is me. <laughs> <laughs> it looks. This is Ellie. I'm Ellie. Hi. And we are excited to speak to sophomores. So you guys <sighs> have gone through it. Of all the people who've gone through COVID, I feel like you, my heart hurts for you the most because you guys. <laughs> <laughs> really went through it. So we're going to kind of use this analogy of packing a suitcase. Thinking about your suitcase of life. So packing well for your future. So there's going to be things that you want to put in your suitcase and maybe things you want to take out of your suitcase. And we're going to talk about both of those things. So just kind of use your imagination with the suitcase analogy. But we really feel like you guys are in a prime and unique position because so much energy and focus really has been devoted to you and to personal growth. Like people have been leading your small groups and trying to meet up with you and invest in your life. And not the tides are turning, but prayerfully you'll be emerging into leadership in the next season of life. Welcome friends, glad you guys are here. Um, So I know sometimes that's exciting and terrifying thinking of of growing and going into leadership. So Ellie's gonna talk for a few minutes and then I'm gonna talk for the next minutes and then we're gonna open up for some Q&A. So feel free to write down questions along the way and we will do our best to answer. Obviously it's been a lot longer for me since I was a sophomore than Ellie but we're around students a lot and so we really want to be a resource to you. So
1: take it away Ellie. Yes <clears throat> so I don't know. I guess just in background I graduated in fall of 2020 so my sophomore year was like 2018 so not too long ago and kind of the thought that was coming to mind like when we we're talking about packing a suitcase that kind of thing is like the idea of being all in, like in this phase of life. Like you guys are almost halfway done with college and you're like semi back to being acquainted with normal college life. I don't know how you feel about that, but you finished your freshman year, so that's great. Um, And for me, I remember my sophomore year, I joined Challenge my freshman year and joined your leadership team my freshman year. And so my sophomore year was kind of like a big um, shift in my perspective. It was no longer about myself, like, figuring, like, adjusting to living with my parents and adjusting to college life and all of that. It was more so about starting to invest more in others. So I got the opportunity to, like, disciple women. Um, I joined, I was asked to join a sorority on our, on our campus in order to share the gospel with the women in that sorority. So me and a couple friends did that. I started dating the guy that I married that year, so that was a big deal. Um a lot more like opportunities to grow that were a bit beyond my current capacity. It was kind of an overwhelming year, but it was great. And that kind of set the foundation for me for my junior year. So going into junior year, I was like, okay, now I've got some tools under my belt on how to do some ministry, and I can really walk into junior and senior year like being able to fully invest um, my time and my life just in getting to know God and learning lots of... Um, Lessons and falling down and messing up a lot, but um, I really like thought that that's like the most helpful thing I took out of my time in college was just getting to be all in in my relationship with God and in um, my the way I in related at Christ, in Christian challenge, um, just being fully committed to obeying God because I feel like it's really easy. I don't know if you guys have felt this way, but I know even for me like post COVID to get really isolated and like insulated and to build build a lot of margin around our schedules and to like focus on what's comfortable. I've been really tempted to fall into what's comfortable. Um, And now that things are going back to normal, it's like, okay, like we can do more things again and kind of being willing to push ourselves to do what's more uncomfortable and kind of um, jumping into that. Now that you guys are gonna be moving into junior year, and you guys will be the leaders and the pace setters in both Chico and USC Challenge. Um, so, sorry, I got really off track of what my notes were. But so, another idea, the main idea I kind of wanted to talk about, like a thing to put in your suitcase, is this idea of esprit de corps, um, which is a value that I learned growing up. Esprit de corps, esprit de corps I think it's French. Um, means a feeling of pride, fellowship, and common loyalty shared by the members of a particular group. So that's what it generally means. But in a biblical sense, I've, the, uh, someone's given me this like little tool, so I'm passing it on to you. It contains four different ideas, and that's being um, cohesive, proactive, sharp, and inclusive. So I kind of want to talk about those four ideas and how we can apply those to our lives, how we can put all four of those into our suitcases um, and bring them into the rest of your sophomore year and as you begin to set the pace, uh, your junior year. So cohesive, that one means we are loyal and we trust each other. So this is the first step to being all in and committed to the community. Um, I think it's easy to kind of, like I said, be uh, isolated but instead choosing to be loyal. That's the choice we have to make here, is choosing to be um, on the same team as each other and work together for the mission. First so, uh, Peter 2.9 says, But you are a chosen people, a royal priesthood, a holy nation, God's special possession, that you may declare the praises of him who called you out of darkness into his wonderful light. So the verse says, God called you out of darkness into his wonderful light which is such a privilege that we have. Like I've been reflecting on that just as we've been worshiping and hearing from Bob. Like God called us as a community, not just like you, like the verse that says like, for God so loved the world, not just for God so loved Ellie or Courtney or Maddie, you know? And so like, because he loved all of us and brought us into this community, um, it's no longer about just ourselves, but bringing God the glory. And you guys, I don't know, how many of you have memorized Matthew 20, 18 through 20, or at least have read it? Most of you? Okay, I'll read it. Um, It says, go therefore and make disciples of all nations, baptizing them in the name of the Father, and of the Son, and of the Holy Spirit, teaching them to observe all that I have commanded you, and behold, I am with you always to the end of the age. So this is called the Great Commission, which most of you might know that. Um, which is our mission. That's why Challenge exists at USC, USC and Chico State. It's not for us to have fun. Um, it, well, it is for us to have fun, but that's not the primary goal. It's more of a bonus. So the goal is for us to reach um, our campus and to share the gospel with those on our campus. And then 1 Corinthians 1.10 says, I appeal to you, brothers and sisters, in the name of our Lord Jesus Christ, that all of you agree with one another in what you say, and that there be no divisions among you, that you may be perfectly united in mind and thought. So this also implies that we are not, we are implicitly united because of our faith, and we need to choose. Like Bob keeps talking about like relationships and friendships, and I like, have been really reflecting on that. It's been really encouraging to me. Um, so that's like our goal is to like, that's how you develop those friendships, is choosing to be united together and clear up those relationships. Um... And then one more note on cohesive. All these points won't be this long. I just am really passionate about cohesive particularly. Um, Ephesians 4.29 says, Therefore each of you must put off falsehood and speak truthfully to your neighbor, for we are all members of one body. So that really Im- cohesive also um, relates to the way we speak to each other and like interact as a group and the way that like the attitude of our group, um, which means we probably don't want to be Making fun of each other or making sarcastic jokes to each other, and we want to be really careful about um, speaking in a way that's truthful and kind to one another. So that's cohesive. The other thing we want to put in our suitcase is proactive. So proactive, the definition there is we have a can-do attitude. So when someone asks us to serve, we are have an attitude that's like, yeah, I'm excited about that. Rather than being like, oh my gosh, I don't want to wake up at 7 a.m. to go do this thing, or like. I don't want to show up early to this event. I know I can have the attitude when I'm, like, more internally focused. But Philippians 4.13, I can do all things through Christ who gives me strength. Um, being all in in this way means that we are not only on board when people ask us to serve, but we also are intentional to buy the opportunity to serve. So it doesn't just mean that you wait around for me to say, hey, can you show up early to challenge to help set up? You ask, like, hey, is there something I can be doing to help? like, serve, challenge in a different way. Um, Or you don't just wait around for, like, the opportunity to share the gospel to fall on your lap. You, like, intentionally pursue that. Um, So, you know, like, that could be giving rides to an event, setting up for an event, cleaning up an event, making other students feel welcomed, um, bringing snacks to life groups. I don't know how you guys do it at USC. Those are some things that we do. Same. Cool. Um, John 1, 4 through... John 1, 40 through 42 it says Andrew Simon Peter's brother was one of the two who heard who heard what John had said and who had followed Jesus. The first thing Andrew did was to find his brother Simon and tell him, "We have found the Messiah, that is the Christ." And he brought him to Jesus. I like that verse because it says the first thing Andrew did was find his, was go to find his brother. Like he didn't wait around for his brother to ask him um Like what he was doing, he was proactive and bought up the opportunity to bring his brother into a relationship with Jesus. Um, So we're talking kind of about with being proactive, there's serving, there's sharing the gospel, so being proactive with those areas, and then also with just your own walk with God. Um, I was really reminded of the verse Hebrews 5, 12 through 14. I don't read all of it, but it talks about like, the one, the verse like, you need milk, not solid food. Um, And solid food is for the mature, who by constant use have trained themselves to distinguish good from evil. So when we're first committing our lives to Christ, you know, you hopefully will have someone discipling you and training you and bringing you along and teaching you how to do a quiet time and pray and share the gospel and do all those things. But then as you guys grow grow in your walks with God and move on into your last few years of college, and as you graduate especially, you're no longer going to have somebody like guiding you so consistently. Maybe you guys have already seen that. Um, but you have to be proactive to grow and to get training by yourself. So we have cohesive, proactive, and then sharp. That one is we do, sharp, we do things in a sharp way. Um, First Corinthians 10.31 says, So whatever you eat or drink or whatever you do, do it all for the glory of God. So this basically means that we, when we participate in the, in the community, we do things in an intentional way and in a way that's done well. We don't do things half-heartedly. Um, when we leave an event, we make sure things are picked up. When we drive someone, we make sure they get a ride home. When we're talking to someone, we give them our full like, attention. Like, things like that. Those are just random examples popping into my mind. But like, um, and We're not living to serve people, to make people like us, um, but we're doing this in order to glorify God. We want to do things excellently because that brings more glory to God, not just because like Aaron or I would be happy with you if you threw your cup away, I don't know, (laughs) or like talk to the freshman in the corner. Um, So that's sharp. And then the last one is inclusive. And that one is join with us. So as part of uh, people of challenge, we really want to be a culture of inclusivity, um, and being all in in this way it means that we are excited to invite our friends to Challenge. If we meet a classmate, we're excited to bring them along. If we meet someone on campus, like we bring them into Challenge. If we see somebody standing around at Challenge, we don't just stay with our friends. We go and talk to them. I know something I had a hard time with was just like if I saw my friends at Challenge, I wanted to hang out with them. But um, having a culture of inclusivity means that you are um, proactive to go do that. And then Acts 5.14 says, Nevertheless, more and more men and women believed in the Lord and were added to their number. So those are the four things to put in your suitcase. was cohesive, proactive, sharp, and inclusive. And if you take anything away, the goal that I'm trying to communicate is I really want to encourage you guys just to be all in and not for the sake of any of us on staff to like experience the blessing of having you guys be all in. But for your own blessing, Matthew six thirty three says, "But seek first His righteous, His, seek first the kingdom of God and His righteousness, and all these things will be added to you." Um, so choosing, if you choose to invest the rest of your time in college, in eternal things, and I don't know where you guys are all at, but like in fully investing in a Christian community and in your walks with God, and giving your life to serve Him, like I will guarantee you, you'll come out of it, like. In a much closer relationship with God than you would have if you had just kind of done your own thing. So, those are my things. But in your system, so what
0: Do you major? guys know what the word sophomore means? Wise. Say it louder. Wise fool. Wise fool. My dad used to tell us that. <laughs> it's kind of, it doesn't make sense, right? But it does when you think about it, right? Because you have a year under your belt, you're feeling kind of confident, <laughs> but maybe a little overconfident. And so, Choosing the wisdom to be teachable and asking questions and be a learner and a servant and what Ellie is talking about really sets you apart because there's a reason the second year of things is called sophomore, right? So it wasn't changed just for you guys. It's been like that for (laughs) a hundred, I don't know, I'm not a linguist, but a long, long time. So kind of creating a different narrative for sophomores, especially as you end your sophomore year. So, though my sophomore year at college was a while ago, it was a really important year for me. I went to the University of Oklahoma, actually, where Bob went. So, Max Barnett was my campus minister. I did not go to school with Bob. He's <laughs> older than me. Um, but we had the same campus minister, which is really cool. Um, but I feel like that my sophomore year was kind of when I, I kind of found my people. Because I don't know about you, but well, you had a rough freshman year. So, this going away to college, when I went away, people were like, the friends you meet in college are the friends you're gonna have for the rest of your life. And I remember ending my freshman year and be like, these are the friends I'm gonna have for the rest of my life. Like I don't, this is not good. Um, so my sophomore year, a different approach and, and really found some like-hearted people to, to partner with in life. But take heart, if you haven't found those people yet, like my best friend in college, I didn't even meet her till my junior year, she transferred in. So if you're kind of feeling a little lost like in the friendship world, all hope is not lost if you haven't solidified your friend group your sophomore year but i would encourage you like what ellie shared and what bob has been sharing to make it a priority to find some good running mates that will spur you on so also my sophomore year is when i i changed my major some of you may be in majors that you hate like it may be like why i oh i talked to brandon he has a really cool path that he's pursuing so Thinking through how you're gifted, it's not too late to change your mind. Um, in fact, some of you are pursuing, so this would be probably advice that my dad gave me that I'm gonna pass on to you. Like, life is expensive, friends. It, it costs a lot of money to live, whether you live in Chico or you live in Los Angeles or San Francisco, which is another expensive city. Like. So if you are following your passions in your major, maybe get a minor with some marketable skills that just in case that dream job doesn't come through, you can find a job. Does that make sense? Because some of you have student loans and you are pursuing this amazing degree, but the chance of you getting a job in that degree is very slim and it is good to have dreams, but it's also good to live in reality and to be able to pay your rent. So I would just encourage you, yes, Justin, do you have a question, or are you just yeah, scratching your head? Question. Oh, yes.
2: Oh, I was going to say also, like, especially, like, as sophomores, currently, like, in the process of, like, figuring out our careers, figuring out know, like, you know, what we're going to do after we graduate, do you think we should be, seems like a stupid question, but do you think we should be prioritizing ministry, or should we be prioritizing, like, academic, given that we're kind of in this mm-hmm. tricky
0: state? That's a great question. Any sophomores want to <laughs> speak to that? Soleil.
3: I feel like you should ask God, and in certain situations, He'll like tell you like you need to like take lead here in ministry and do this for ministry. And sometimes He's gonna tell you to study for an exam instead of doing this to make everything work out at the end.
0: I think your sophomore year, yeah, is very stretching, right? And so sometimes we don't think we have the capacity. Like I can't, I can't bring, I can't go to a life group this week because I have this exam tomorrow. Well, it's the proper prior planning prevents performance, right? And so it's beginning, I left out a P, I know. Um, <laughs> don't think about that. So um, it's just beginning to take ownership of your schedule, right? And plan ahead. That the, There are enough hours in the day to get done the things that God has for you. And when you put God first, you put yourself in a position to experience his power and his strength and his energy at work. And when you decide, I've got to do this on my own, I've got to hunker down and get this done, then you're just saying, I got this guy, you stay over there. But yes.
2: Yeah, and I just kind of like follow up, like, thank you for your answer to that question. And then, like, yeah, obviously it's always putting God first, but I guess what I was also trying to say was that, like, do we put God first by being faithful as doers to our academic endeavors, or do we put God first by trying to pour out and do outreach within the Christian community? Mm-hmm. And do you just pray to see, like, you know, to, like, find that out, or do you, like, you know, is there anything else that you should do?
0: Well, is and there asks, is, is like, there anything from scripture that would help you answer the question about? Where God wants to fit in in your life. Like maybe in Matthew 6. Like 33. <laughs> maybe. You know what?
2: Is that seek ye first the kingdom of God and his righteousness
3: and all these things will be to
0: Yeah. So when we put God first and we decide to live life his what? We live a very different life because here's the scary thing, Justin, is if you put your academics first now, then you're going to graduate and your job is going to be first later, that something else is always going to be before God. But if you learn now to give God the first place in your life, that is going to be such a blessing to your future wife, to your future children, to your future coworkers. Like that opens up the door for a very different life than if you're like, academics work has to be my number one priority. Does that help? Yeah. That's a good question. Um, So that kind of moves on. Have you guys ever seen those? This is an analogy a friend gave, so I'm stealing it from him. Um, Those meal boxes, are those big and chico? Like the HelloFresh, like you get the meal box delivered to your door and it has all the ingredients in it. Like you decide ahead of time, I want to eat this this week and then you order it and it comes delivered to your door. You know what I'm talking about. Those meal boxes, okay. Um, so I had a roommate who loved these. And you Save you time, you don't have to go to the grocery store. So we're gonna kind of use that meal box illustration. You're gonna have to use your imagination and kind of go with me on this one a little bit. So thinking about what has God put in your box? Each of you have a box and it's very unique to you. So you have talents, you have skills, you have opportunities. There are things that make you, you, right? That's why there's so many varying degrees in this room, like all of you guys, some of you are amazing artists, and some of you are like business engineers, you know, or some of you are architects and designers. I mean, who knows what got? or Abby the flautist, you know, Gabby, sorry, not Abby. Yeah, like there's all these amazingly talented people in this room today. So he has given you a lot of different things in your box. So thinking about that. But then the question to ask is, you know, are you making the right thing? So when you order these boxes, you get the ingredients for a specific meal, right? So sometimes in life, though, we look over and and Justin may be making pad thai with his life, and I'm making, supposed to be making beef enchiladas, right? But I'm like, oh, the pad thai looks so much more appealing than what I have in my box. Like the comparison game, right, can really cause us to get off course, thinking, why do I, why wasn't I born? into that family with those kinds of opportunities? Why was I given this? Why do I have this autoimmune disease that my capacity level is so much less than other people? So when we just, why, why, why? We miss the opportunities that God has for us. And so when we compare ourselves with other people, I know in my own life, so my experience, it's discouraging, it's frustrating. It really is defeating in a lot of ways. So being grateful, acknowledging what God has given you, being grateful, and then living your best pad thai life, right? I'm gonna come over and you're gonna make me some pad thai just one of these days. And then if you've ever gotten one of these boxes, it comes with very clear instructions. Have you guys used these boxes before? It's like photos, like you cannot mess this up. Yeah, I guess you could mess this up, but it's really hard to mess this up. It's like color, is beautiful. But we too, as followers of Christ, have been given this instruction guide. We have the Bible, there are directions in it. Like with the question Justin asked, we can go to God's word and that question is explained in scripture and so it's good to be in the word to live under the word to obey the word to know it and to live by it because that's our kind of instruction manual for life does that make sense got to go with me on this illustration oftentimes when you cook maybe you try to wing it and in life when we wing it we can do a lot of damage to our own lives and the lives of other people around us, right? Because that's the, the foolish part of the wise fool that comes out, it's like, I got this. It can't be that hard, right? Oh no, life is hard. And so knowing the instructions and knowing how to live or inviting other people to help you when you're like, okay, I don't understand these instructions. Have you ever read something in a cookbook? You're like, I don't even know what this means. Like, what am I supposed to do? Then you have to Google that. Like, talk to your life group leader, staff member. Have someone else speak into your life and help you. And then the last thing is like, are you adding in extra ingredients? Are you adding in extra ingredients? Like a lot of you, I know at USC, if you're not a part of a million clubs, what are you doing with your life? Like that's the message each and every day. Is it like that at Chico? Like clubs, clubs, clubs. No, not so much. Okay, we'll just go with me on this then. Um, (laughs) A lot of things that just seem like these amazing opportunities are really time-consuming and not life-giving. And all of us, rich or poor, old or young, are given 24 hours in a day. So considering what extra ingredients you are adding into your schedule, and is that really something that God wants you to be spending your time on? You know, for Ellie, that her sophomore year, God led her to join a sorority. For others of you, it may be cutting back, like taking things out of the suitcase. And for other people, maybe it'd be putting in something, but really thinking through that wisely. And this is a great week to take time to really reflect on your schedule, to pull away, to pray through, okay, what am I? what's in my suitcase? What do I need to take out of my suitcase? Maybe there's something I need to put in, but really giving some prayer and attention to that. Also, it's a great place to ask questions to people who are farther along in life and can speak to your life and say, what do you see? Where do you see that I'm headed? Because sometimes, I don't know about you, but I'm too close to me. Like, I need some outside perspective, someone speaking truth into me to help me see, oh, Aaron, you are headed the wrong way. In fact, that happened to me my sophomore year, right after our spring break trip. So when I was at OU, we went to Colorado, and um, the girl who led my Bible study, my discipleship team, her name was Kara, and she was a senior. And she wanted to meet up with me at the Wendy's. We had a Wendy's in our student union, and I will never forget this conversation. She was very affirming and was like, Erin, you love to have fun. Like you are really good at having fun because I was like the life of the party kind of fun. And she was like, but I'm just concerned that you're gonna graduate college and have had a lot of fun, but not made an impact with your life. Mm-hmm. And that was hard to hear, right? It was like, ouch. Like We talked about this in Freshman Connection. like ouch, that helps. Like, ouch, that hurts. It really does hurt, but ouch, that helps. I needed someone to hold a mirror up and say, you have so much potential, but you are squandering it in these late-night pancake runs and just tooling around Norman, Oklahoma. Like, do something with your life. Essentially, we were choosing (laughs) in a very nice way. Very, very nice and loving, but I hurt. Thank God she risked a relationship to have that kind of honest conversation with me, and it really changed so much of my life. And so I decided after then... Where I was at OU in the Christian Challenge I was a part of, they really encouraged us to live in the dorms. Max would say, you can have more ministry by accident if you stay in the dorms than you can on purpose living in an apartment. And so I moved to the athletic dorms because because of NCAA rules. No no university can have an athletic dorm. It has to be 51% non-athlete. So they needed me to (laughs) live there. So I helped them meet the quota, and I lived there with another girl. And we started a dorm Bible study there. That girl actually ended up being my best friend from college that we co-labored together in ministry. Because like what Ellie was saying, when you serve together, when you're inviting people into life groups and small group Bible studies, it does something to knit your heart together as you're praying for, for these girls and really sharing the gospel with them. So I would really encourage you with this verse in Matthew 16:26. It says, you know, for, for what will it profit a man if he gains the whole world and forfeits his soul? Or what shall a man give in return for his soul? You know, as followers of Christ, we have the same mission to love the Lord our God with our heart, with our soul, with our mind, and to love our neighbor as ourselves. We all have that mission. It's just gonna look a little different in each of our in our spheres of influence that God has given us. But sadly, your sophomore year can be a year that's really divisive. Um, because this is a year when people People's choices start catching up to them. And I'm sure you've seen this in some of the people that you met your freshman year, that by the choices they're making, they're just kind of veering off. You're not as close friends anymore because their choices are taking them farther and farther away from God. And so I would just really encourage you to stay the course and to encourage people who are making different choices to have conversations and lovingly help them see, like what Kara did to me um in a very loving way. And another common pitfall that you see is just, you know, people's choices that are driving them further away from God and Christian community. You know, that drive to succeed, the, I don't know about Chico, the internship is pushed so hard at USC like mm-hmm. if you don't get an internship, your life is over, which is not true at all in any way. Um but that's that's a message that is sent out each and every day. And then unhealthy dating relationships, I don't if you went to the dating seminar, you guys know about this, but that can also, you know, too much time spent with each other, crossing boundaries, that kind of stuff, that can really derail people as well. And so our heart is that you guys would really stay the course, that the things you're hearing from Bob and from the workshops, that just take root in your heart and that you would follow God long-term. So that's what we have prepared for you, but we would love to just do some Q&A time and answer some questions you have about pretty much anything. Maybe not everything, but a lot of things.
4: Yes. This isn't very, like, sophomore-specific. I don't think maybe it is. I don't know. Um, but I guess, like, I live with roommates that aren't, like, Christian or religious at all. And I just, like, like what kind of advice do you guys have in regards
1: to that? Mm. Go for it, Ellie. Yeah. Well, that's cool. It's cool that you have the opportunity. Like, God has placed you in this like apartment, in really close quarters, of people who aren't walking with God. And there can be either two things that will happen, like either they'll influence you and derail you, or you'll influence them and you can share the gospel with them and potentially be a light to them. Maybe they'll even come to Christ. So I would encourage you more practically um, just to begin praying for them, like praying for an opportunity to really clearly share the gospel, inviting them to things and to church and to challenge. And then also just, like, remaining, like, pray that you wouldn't be derailed. I don't know, like, if they are into things that would derail you, but um, getting yourself around believers who can keep you accountable and on track. I mean, we we meet, so we can chat (laughs) about that. And, like, um, continue to be, like, open and honest about, like, if you are at all struggling with that. I think that that would be what i would say does that answer your question or is there more specific
4: no aspect? yeah definitely and i guess like we can chat more about this too but like i've had like my roommates like ask me like where, where do you go on tuesday <laughs> so, yeah like, you know yeah like, i like talked to them like about it and they like asked me questions and said like yeah that, just, like more like guidance too on just like how to like approach those conversations in a way that's yeah. like, loving and like and not, yeah. doesn't make them feel
1: Because like... you don't want to be like, oh, you said no to coming with me? Well, now I'm going to be mad at you. <laughs> like, I don't know. Remaining very like um, loving and open and relational with them and like providing them the opportunity to come with you. But you do want to like maintain a good roommate relationship yeah. with them. And just even the way you act as a roommate will say a lot about your relationship with God. Even the amount that you do the dishes mm-hmm. will say a lot about your relationship <laughs> yeah. with God. Uh, I don't know. What would you, add? Do you have anything to add?
0: Yeah, I I think I would encourage you to make sure you have some really close, like heart friends, Christian friends that mm-hmm. are mm-hmm. encouraging you. I think sometimes it's hard living with people who aren't on the same page, yeah. um, so it's important to have some like good friends who are. You don't necessarily mm-hmm. need to live with them, but just as long as that's like a, a part of your life that can encourage you. And I think, you know, Brian Stowe's testimony yesterday, mm-hmm. that's powerful. Like his yeah. roommates noticed yeah. that he was different. And so that, you know, 1 Peter 3.15, always be prepared to give a reason for the answer yeah. that you have for the hope that is in you. Jocelyn? Hi. Okay. Um,
5: how should we respond to other students who are um, heavily immersed in worldly pleasures and trying mm.
0: push Oh, they try to push it upon you?
5: Like, they try to, like, hey, you should do this. You should come out with us. Um, you should bombard like, Oh, you come should try this. And I'm just like, no. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. It's just more of, like, how should we respond in a kindly but, like, not wanting to way? Oh, yes. Because
1: I'm, yeah. Uh, I have some thoughts oh, from for the it. sorority world. Because that happened to me all the time. Um, and it's like, you really don't want to be judgmental. Yeah, because they're so not walking with God. So they're not accountable to live life in the way God calls us to, you know? So I don't know, if my story history would be like, oh my gosh, why do you never party with us? I'd be like, oh, you know, I don't drink, haha, and then like move on. Like I wouldn't make it a big deal. And then if they would ask me one-on-one, like, so why don't we drink? Then I would use it as an opportunity to share my faith. But if it was in a group context, I would try and not make it like this weird like wall between us but I would be clear that like that's not something I'm interested in. And most of the time I found in Chico, even though we are a party school, like if you, sa- if you say very confidently that you don't drink, they won't pressure you because we've gotten in trouble for that. Mm-hmm. So it's like <laughs> they don't want to do that again, <laughs> you know? Yeah. I don't know. That's my personal experience. I feel like you would have better like general biblical. Are, is it the same people asking you to do the same thing again and again?
5: They brought it up once, but I never responded. Okay. And then they brought it up again, and I kind of responded. I was like, oh, I'm just not interested in doing that. Mm-hmm. Then later on, they're like, oh, why aren't you interested in doing oh, that? Oh, yeah. damn. And I like, um, then I responded, oh, it's because, like, that's just something I don't want to do, and I don't, like, like, that's when I told them, like, yeah, I'm like, I have a relationship with God, and, like, that's just something that I don't want in my life. Mm-hmm. And, yeah, then it just kind of got, they kind of just, like. You know? mm-hmm. right. So it's just more of like, like I don't know how to like respond further and try to be like, oh, I'm still your friend. Just like, yeah. just, you know, not involved in that stuff.
0: Yeah. But I think you could say that. Like, I still want to hang out when you guys do other things. Let me know. I'm just really not interested mm-hmm. in that. Okay, so. And I don't know what you're... I mean, I know don't even know your last name, so I don't know you at all. <laughs> but like in my family, like, alcoholism runs on both sides of my family. And so for me... I hate alcohol. I, I have seen it destroy both sides of my family. And so like, I have a really strong opinion about alcohol. Right. But so I think I, also I've used that like, honestly, with alcohol, I'm not interested. I have two uncles that struggle with alcohol addiction and I've seen it. And I, I know it just starts with social drinking, right? Like mm-hmm. they, n- neither of them, they're men who struggled so much and neither of them set out to become alcoholics. That was not, never the goal. Mm-hmm. So it, I think sometimes when you just bring it home with their own personal story, that helps them see too. To maybe consider it in their own lives, because I think mm-hmm. a lot of us have been marked by, you know, alcohol addiction and, and
1: mm-hmm. drugs. I like what you said about finding other things to do with them, like with um, in my chapter. Like I wouldn't go out with them on a the Friday night, but I would show up to the different dances and say hi, and I would like get coffee with them, or, you know, go to the farmer's market, and find other things that they were already doing that we could do together, and do as much of that as I could to offset the, oh, but I don't want to do this with you, you know? Mm-hmm. Yeah, because then it was like, oh, we were still friends. I just didn't do that one thing with them.
0: Oh, oh, sorry, no, no. Alex. You go
4: first, because I already asked <laughs> we, we have plenty of time friends <laughs> we do okay
0: so i want to
2: ask so uh, we kind of brought this up earlier but as sophomores affected by covid
0: mm-hmm. um,
2: how can we serve to um, practically inspire and encourage other sophomores mm-hmm. who maybe aren't involved mm-hmm. so that when we're seniors um, we can point to other underclassmen like how the current upperclassmen are doing for us
0: mm. wow that's great that's a really good question mm-hmm. do you feel like they're not interested? Uh, so like if you were saying, okay, so the sophomores are going to get together and we're going to have a movie night. Do you want to come? Like would that be appealing?
2: I feel like it's, with USC at least, there is some interest, but just I think in general, a lot of, this, uh, a lot of our class is very fragmented. Mm-hmm. And there just is um, even... Um, like even people who have been, who were more involved freshman year, have like mm-hmm. fallen away from, uh, from like either Christian community or just challenge uh, or or challenge or Christian community in general. Mm-hmm. Um, so how do they, like kind of build that cohesiveness?
0: Mm. You know, I, one thing that comes to mind is is casting vision for that. Alex, like, guys, we're halfway done with college. I don't know about you, but by the time we're seniors, I want to be good friends like I want to have a normal senior class I know our freshman year was so far from normal like it could not be Mm -hmm. farther from normal no one in the history of mankind has done what you guys have done your freshman (laughs) year of college right so like casting vision like what can we do to change this and bring people in on that but casting a vision for where you want to be like where they could be and what they could be a part inviting them in to be a part Mm -hmm. of something bigger than what they can see because I think everyone longs for that every you watch these movies about college and your parents talk to you about college right and they're like I want that college experience that you guys missed out on but it's not too late and I think a lot of people have bought into like it's too late like this is what college is going to be for Mm -hmm. me and it does not have to be that way Just a second. Let me see if Ellie has
1: something to add to that, and then we'll ask you, Justin. Well, I like that kind of related back to what your friend did for you. Mm -hmm. Being like, hey, like, you know, love what you're doing, but also you could do this. It makes much more of an impact. Like, you know, maybe your friends are not a place where you need to go to sit down one-on-one with them, but like, yeah, I like what you said a lot about that. Like, I feel like I've seen a lot of people just, you know, be content to like, be alone and be on their phone and do that kind of thing, and it's like, oh, okay, you do you, you know, like, that's just the common, like, you're not supposed to, like, question what people are doing, but being, stepping out there and being like, hey, like, you're wasting your life, you should come do things with me, you know? Um, Maybe that's not that dramatic, but, you know.
0: But I think you could, like, guys, I just got back from this great retreat week long, I saw and heard about friendships, and I... I want to do something. And that's the thing. You can't force them to join you, right? right. You yeah. can cast the vision pray pray for, for them. It. You can invite them in. You can pray for them. And it's, the choice is up to them, yeah. right? And so love them, pray for them, and move. You know? You guys are moving into leadership, and so move that way. But lead out. You will need someone to kind of lead out and cast that vision. Yes, Justin. Kind of
2: building on top of Alex's question, um, that vision that you're saying that we're casting Aaron, do you think that, like, that eventual idealist is like interested in the same things so or basically like i guess like for me personally at least my experience has been like when i'm in challenge i'm like trying to you know extend my community i'm like more naturally drawn to like i mean like is like jared Lowe for example or like evan or somebody like that who like has like some similar interests yeah right? mm-hmm. but it, like when it comes to kind of bring together the whole class like do we should we try to like you know, push a up as like we're just like Christian brothers and sisters and Christianity and our faith is the one you know have in common or should we try to also like find kind of like the vision they are talking about find like similar interests mm. that like will be more effectively binding us together but
1: I don't understand the question but if you understand it maybe I'll go off what you say I don't know so are you saying like are you wondering if the vision Aaron was talking about was like not only for you to be Christians, going to challenge together, but also to be like best friends doing all extra things together it's kind of like, and have like, like the, the common interests. The friends that we're
2: talking about, is it like, are we like talking about friends bonded only by faith or friends also bonded by like interests?
1: Oh, yeah. Oh. Yeah, I don't know. I feel like what you were talking about was like <coughs> casting vision to your friends to like invest in their faith. And like, I don't know, my friends and I all have really varying interests. Yeah. So, like, it's fun to, like, find fun things to do with your other friends, and that really bonds you in a way. But I don't know if I would say it's, like... I don't think the end goal is to have a group of friends with all the same common interests. Like, the one thing that does unite us all, no matter what, is Christ. And if you have common interests, that's great. Yeah. I don't know. Is that that speaking to what you're asking? Kind of. I know. I'm trying
0: to... I mean, I think what initially attracts us to people as someone being like, you too, right? It's like having those, that you too moment, that shared commonality, but that it moves beyond that and it moves deeper. And so that's mm-hmm. why it's so neat within the Chico challenge and USC challenge, the diversity, right? Mm-hmm. And so when people come in, they can kind of find someone in a similar major, someone with a similar interest. And so the God mm-hmm. really uses that. But kind of what Alex is talking about is bringing people together to accomplish a certain purpose.
1: Yeah. Does that make sense? Like, yeah, and it's cool because we can all be uniquely used within... I wouldn't say the goal is to all become the same because no. then we couldn't reach the, the, the most amount of people on your campus, you know? Right. Um, oh, sorry. Her um, and then yeah. Um.
4: So, I feel like through COVID and, like, you know, all that came with COVID, like, um, I'm a very, like, social, outgoing person, but, like, after COVID, I found myself, like, being super drained Mm-hmm. like being social. Same girl. Um. Yeah, and like this I mean, coming to this camp I was like, how oh, am I going to do that? <laughs> like, how am I going to be around people like all the time? And like I even found myself like earlier, like I literally like walked up to my cabin for like five minutes and just like s- stood there and there was people, like some of my roommates were still up there, but like we like chatted a little bit but I just like needed to like step away for a minute and mm-hmm. like I don't to be like that necessarily it's so like how to like mm-hmm. combat those moments of like I need to step away you know cause like I don't I don't necessarily think that that's always the best way to handle that and so mm-hmm. like, and I wasn't like that before so like how to like combat those things mm-hmm.
1: do you have ideas? yeah I feel like so I'm similar in that sense like I was like I don't know my okay I I was telling Aaron this earlier, really, this is kind of off track. My first year at Hume was my senior year of high school and some of the USC people remember me. And I was like, wow, that's embarrassing because I was really energetic and like a lot and was so excited to hear people like all the time. And I'm not like that anymore. I'm much more chill, which is good because I don't like exhaust people. <laughs> <laughs> but I noticed even after COVID and like my social battery was lower So, I don't know. I think part of it, there's a mixture of, like, growing your capacity. Like, I think our capacity can be stretched, and God can stretch it back to where it was, or even more. If you're, like, an introvert, like, God can stretch your capacity. If you're an extrovert, God can stretch your capacity in different ways. Like, my husband's an introvert, but he's really good at just, like, being on, like, in any situation. He's been feeling under the weather, but he was like, well, I'm speaking, so I'm just going to be on. Like, he's talking to the juniors right now. And he's like, I know that I don't feel well, but, like, That doesn't – he's trained himself in a way to where even though he, in his own self, would prefer to be alone and prefer to be, like, maybe resting right now, he's like, well, that's not what God has for me right now, so I'm not going to do that. Um, And he's feeling well enough, obviously, to do things, so just maybe he'd prefer to chill out or something. But – so allowing God, like, taking little steps to, like, push yourself a little bit to grow your capacity over time is really good. And then also – The other thing I was thinking about, like, we can, like, we have the ability to just, like, we can do hard things, you know? Like, even if it's not fun to, like, you'd rather go to your room and be alone. Like, the goal in life isn't to always do what feels nice in that moment. So, I don't know. I would, like, for myself, if I'm, like, out of Tuesday night and I had a really exhausting day, I'm like, well, it doesn't matter if I'd rather, like, shut down for the moment. Like, it's it's 8 p.m., challenge is starting, like... I'm going to be high, you know? And just, like, choosing to have that attitude, even though it's not my default in the moment. Mm-hmm. I don't know.
0: And the Colossians you know, 2, 6, and 7 says, We proclaim him, admonishing and teaching everyone so we can present everyone perfect in Christ. To this end I lo- labor, struggling with all his energy, mm-hmm. which so powerfully works on me. And there are days like, <laughs> like I'm done. <laughs> yeah, I'm not. And I am an extreme extrovert, but it's just it's like maybe a couple of girls back to back, have had rough days, it has just zapped me. Like yeah. I'm like a puddle on the ground <laughs> and it's like, okay, God, I'm going to need you. I'm going to need your power and your grace and your energy at work in me. Yeah. And so, and also I think praying and part of a, your adulting and in your twenties for me is what I discovered, like what refreshes me and what fills me up. And so I kind of learned a lot about myself in my twenties. And so figuring out some of those things mm-hmm. and building those into your schedule, like, okay, this is going to be draining, so I'm going to need to do crochet. I mean, I don't know what you would enjoy (laughs) to do. Like, a walk on the lawn. I hear Chico's beautiful. So think of what, like, try different things and see what refreshes you. But, yeah, you need to build that into your life because people are the the ones God has called us to reach, but it can be exhausting working with people.
1: And, like, if you're not, like, to some extent, uh, well, refted or, like, you know, like have had your quiet time, slept at okay amount, eat enough food. You're not going to be an effective witness, people. So it's not like you can just like that. That being on thing doesn't work 24 seven. You know, you can't just like do that. You probably could, but then you would probably like end up sick for a week or something. That's what I've done. and I end up sick right after finals when I was in college. But I like what you're saying. Like I feel like whenever I've prayed for God to give me energy during like a long day, like that always happens, and I'm like, wow. How cool. And then maybe I can go to bed a little bit early. You know?
0: And maybe set a time limit. I'm going to stay after this event for 20 minutes and talk to people. And once that's done, then I'll head off to bed.
3: I just wanted to add that It's really important to take really good care of yourself. Because when I don't get enough sleep, Mm -hmm. um, yeah, especially when I don't get enough sleep, I get the next morning, I just don't feel like myself, Uh and uh, it becomes really hard for me to treat other people well, Mm -hmm. just because I myself aren't in a good spot, so it's just harder for me to be kind to people, Um, so I always try to make sure to take good care of myself so that I can be good to others, because when I'm not in a good spot myself, then it's really hard for me to be good to others. Yeah.
1: Yeah, it's a really weird balance, I feel like, trying to figure out, like, okay, you need some margin to, like, be healthy. But then too much margin is like, you know, being selfish to some extent. So it's like, you know, figuring that out with God is a really good mm-hmm. learning training opportunity.
4: Yeah, that's really helpful. And I've already noticed, like, in the second semester of sophomore year, like, that it's been getting easier. Last semester, <laughs> I felt like a totally different person. I was yeah. like, what is going on? But, like, I've already noticed, like, like God helping to, like, stretch my capacity back mm-hmm. out to what it was before. Yeah. But that's, like, good wisdom to keep working towards that,
0: like, goal. Do a second. Gabby. Yeah. um, I just had a question about, like, what do
6: you, like, what's your guys' advice when one of, like, your close friends, At
0: friend, if you feel like it's not a situation you know that like you think that they might not listen to you. It's mm-hmm. You know, I think when you approach someone in love and say, and just from the get go, some things that I've said is like, I'm having this conversation because I care about you. If I didn't care, I wouldn't risk having this conversation with you. But mm-hmm. I, I love you too much to be silent. When I see the choices you're making and the direction you're headed. And so I, I just want to to be a good friend, the friend that I would want you to be mm-hmm. if I was in this situation. And so I, I I'm saying these things out of love.
6: What do you like do when like, they're very like happy though? Like with the mm. they have you?
1: going to sound really bad but my dad one time told me I was trying to reach out to a sorority sister who was like that she was very content in her life and I really want to share the gospel with her or no I shared the gospel with her and she was like oh but I'm like you know loving my life right now and I was like okay um and I don't think she ever came back to Christ but I started praying that something would happen in her life that would bring her to God um, almost that, like something like hard would happen in her life that would make her realize that that wasn't the trajectory she wanted to go on, and that was going to be the most fulfilling in life. And then her boyfriend broke up with her, and I was like, "Well, girl, what a great opportunity for me to like talk to you about God." And she was a lot more open for that season when she was really upset by her boyfriend breaking up with her. Obviously, we don't want to create situations that are upsetting for our friends, you know. But like, there is some. I don't know. It sounds really bad. But there is some merit behind praying that like God would just do something in their life to really show them, like, hey, this is not the, the spot to be in. Because ultimately, like you were saying earlier, like you can't control what your friends do. You can really pray for them. You can have these conversations. But they're just going to live their life, and God really has to, like, intervene a lot of the time. And often that happens. It's not going to happen if they're feeling content and they're not going to change paths if they're like enjoying where they're at and then like how do you I guess like create
6: like a boundary so like they don't like influence you but like you also like are still kind and like respectful Mm -hmm. towards
0: I think some of that can just be a natural progression as choices are made. I I think you could even talk to your friend. I've done done this before. Like, you know, you observe things, like when you're with those people, you're different. I've said that Mm -hmm. to a friend before. I've just noticed that when you are hanging out with these people, you're different than when you're hanging out with me. And maybe she's not aware of it, just Mm -hmm. bring it up. We talk about in Freshman Connection, You know, your friends determine the quality and the direction of your life. Mm -hmm. And so you want to be choosy about the people that you're really deep heart friends with, and so I think to create some distance would actually probably be good in this situation of, like, Mm -hmm. sorry, I'm not available to go, like, deciding what things you're going to do when she invites you to do them, or those, does that make sense? Just being a little more picky and choosy about
1: that stuff. And even just, like, deciding in your heart, like, you know, you could even just, in your head, go a switch of, like, okay, this is my very, very best friend to, this is my friend, like, in your heart, like, change from relying on her as like a heart, heart friend. Because then you will be influenced if you're thinking of her as like your very, very best friend, which is really hard to like make that switch in your head. Um, But oftentimes it like helps protect yourself from following in her footsteps. Because I tend to, if someone's my very, very best friend, if they're doing something, I'm like, oh, I'm gonna do that too. Yeah, I don't know. Does that help? It's not a fun. It's hard. Piece of yeah, and you're gonna experience
0: it this year, and it's gonna get worse, junior and senior year, because like there are people that came their freshman year that are now seniors, because we didn't. USC hasn't been at Hume since the seniors' freshman year, and they're not here. They're not even a part of challenge anymore because of the choices that they've made over time. Mm-hmm. You know, it's just our choices really set the course for our life. Mm-hmm. Do you have a question, Joss?
5: Um, uh, sorry, <laughs> how can we keep like a can-do attitude throughout the rest of college without feeling like burnt out or wanting to withdraw?
1: Yes, um, relying on the Holy Spirit and not your own energy, because that's where I found myself junior year, and I did all the things sophomore year, and I was like, great, yay, and then it was junior year, and it was like, oh my gosh, I hate my life, for like a good semester, um, that's what When COVID happened, that was a good, like, oh, okay, I can get my life back on track. Like, this was a bit of a slap in the face. But, like, I was really burned out because my goal in my mind was I want to make the staff happy. And I want to, like, fulfill my commitments. And I want to, like, do all these things so that people think well of me. And that, like, Matt, my boyfriend, thinks well of me. And that my leader in the Greek ministry thinks well of me. And my discipler thinks well of me. And so I was trying really hard to, like, please all these people. When I could have been doing the exact same things in my schedule, but with the attitude to please God and with being led by the Holy Spirit, and like being filled with energy from God, rather than I was trying really, really hard to do everything on my own strength, to where I even like didn't have enough money for groceries, and like found myself getting really dizzy at work, and my parents were like, "What the heck? You could have just asked us for money for groceries, and we would have helped you." And I was like, "Oh, you're right." Like, I was trying so, so hard to like, rely on myself and be this independent junior in college, like, we had our life together. And I just, like, God was really showing me that you just can't do that. Like, if you're not relying on God, you really can't do all these things we're talking about. Like, we were talking earlier, Justin, about, like, academics and ministry and finding the balance between them. like You just, you can't be a good steward of your academics and be fully, like, seeking first God's kingdom and have friends and stuff, if you're not relying on God, you're going to be exhausted.
0: And I think the can-do attitude is more of a perspective. Yeah. Like when I look at something, when I look at the day, it's like, yes, with God I can. <laughs> you know, it's like, oh my gosh. And so it's not the like, you know, pull yourself up with your bootstraps kind of idea. It is the can-do attitude. Is like, no, with God I can, I can do this with this help.
1: Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm.
0: And so it's, it's more of a mentality of like your approach. Does that make sense? Yes. Not like signing up for everything. I can do everything. No, you can't. <laughs> you can't. You're going to have to make choices, right? Yeah. 24 mm-hmm. hours in a day. And so inviting God into those choices. You you cannot. But with God's help. Okay, let's do her. And then her.
7: So my question is like, as we're going into
4: junior year and becoming more like major specific classes, mm-hmm. how do we know that we're on the right path that God wants us to be on?
0: For me, it was like God... I, because I didn't excel at anything. I was not like you guys that are, like, brilliant and pursuing. I was, like, very average. And so there wasn't one thing that I was super good at. And so I just felt like, okay, God, I think this is where you're leading me. And so I'm going to choose this major, declare this major. And if it is wrong, let me know. <laughs> you know, like, I'm going to move forward. I've got to have a degree. I can't keep going to school for nothing, right? Somebody, somebody. So just say, I'm holding this with an open hand. Intervene if this is not where you want me to go. You get the final call, not me. Mm-hmm. But I've been there, That's tough. Um,
3: that's exactly what I do too. Like, I'm a business major. I'm not really like, I don't think my major's awesome or anything, <laughs> I think it's kind of boring. But um, I think that's what God's, God wants me to do. And, and if he didn't want me to do it, then I would just change my major. But so far, I've not, like, it's just like a feeling I have that I know it's right, and I'm OK mm-hmm if God wants me to change it, I will. So just, like, trusting God and, like, yeah, it's just a feeling. Yeah.
4: Um, Something to add to that, too. Like, I think as sophomores and probably a lot of other classes through COVID, like, we got so used to being independent and, like, kind of, I'm a mentor on campus and I found, like, with a lot of freshmen, like, they're super, like, proud of their independence and, like, they love that they're independent, and, like, I think we have that, too, and, oh, man, God put me in a spot last semester, (laughs) like, I had to ask for help, and, like, the value in asking for help, like, I feel like a lot of the things that we've asked, like, asking God for help, asking people who are, like, more spiritually mature than us for help, like, Mm -hmm. it's so hard to ask for help, and I talk to my friends, and she's, like, I cry every time I ask for help, and I was, like, girl, same, Um, Mm -hmm. but, like, it's so important to ask for help. And so I that's just, like, a good reminder for us as sophomores that, like, just because we, were, we had to be so independent and just because that was, like, a thing to be proud of that we, like, had to really take charge of our academics because no one was, like, really holding us accountable, that, like, asking for help is not a bad thing. And no one you ask for help is going to be, like, you're asking for help, that's lame. like, you know, like <laughs> no.
6: no one is going to be like that.
4: And so I think with a lot of these questions, like, Asking for help and, like, seeking help from God and from people who know you and know God more than you, like, is just
0: mm-hmm. really valuable. Yeah. I think it's pretty dangerous to live in a way like, woe is me, like, you know, I didn't get to have the freshman year experience. I think if you live in that and keep dwelling on what you didn't get mm-hmm. and being ripped off of college, it's going to rob you of what God has for these next few years. And so it's like, you that was beyond your control. God actually ordained the time and the place that you would live. So he chose this for you guys. I mean, honestly, I probably would have died of dysentery if I would have come out on a covered wagon. Like, I'm just not made of the hearty <laughs> stuff. God knew I couldn't survive smallpox and of, any of that stuff. Um, so God chose that. And so really resting in him that he's gonna use this for your good, but changing the narrative in your mind. Like, no, no, this is not going to define my graduation from high school, my first year of college. No, no. God is working and has a plan, and he's trustworthy.
4: Mm -hmm.
3: I don't know if this is just me, but I like my first year in college so far, and I felt like God did many great things, and I forgot that I never even had a prom or a high school graduation. Mine was, like, online, sadly. but um, Yeah. So I'm really happy and content. Looking forward to the beautiful, bright future. <laughs> Spend some time with
0: Soleil. She will help you.
3: <laughs> Get some
0: needed perspective. Mm. Any more questions? We have time for a couple more, and then I know you guys are getting hungry.
7: This one's like kind of specific to me. I don't know how many people relate to this, but so I'm transferring schools, and over the summer I have to go home, and I have to stay at home, and I have no Christian community there. Like, at all. Mm-hmm. And, like, it's only a couple months, but it's just really hard to be in that situation, especially now that I'm in Chico and, like, I have this community mm-hmm. and just, like, being used to relying on that. I guess, like, obviously it's not ideal for that to be a long-term thing, but do you guys have any tips for, like, short-term, just to, like, how to deal with not having that community?
1: Yeah. Well, for challenge, Chico, duh, you guys are challenged, too, I keep forgetting. Not forgetting, I just keep. I always call it challenge. Um, I know we're gonna do our summer project online as well. So if there's like, if you absolutely have to go home, that's a really good way to just be kept accountable. And I think we'll probably do that. We do that every year, Mariana. Yeah, yeah, we're gonna do that again. So you can still go through the book, memorize the verses, and be in that community. But um, yeah, doing that, going to finding a local church there. I don't know if you have a church back home you can go to or even just, if there's zero churches, you could watch church online, you know? Um, and then even, I don't know, like I'm sure like your roommates or even Sarah you would be willing to continue, like would be down to like keep you, like have an accountability partner over the summer. Like, call them at least once a week and have them ask you hard questions. Or have Sarah call you at least once a week and ask you hard questions to help keep you on track so you don't just totally fall out of that community. And then, I don't know, you, can, you could even just switch the framework from, like, not having a Christian community this summer to, like, okay, there is no Christian community. How can I, like, invest my summer in, like, the relationships I have back home? Um, and that would be a really good question to ask, like, Sarah later too, because she might know more specifically, like your opportunities back home. Well,
7: it's hard too because, you know, not only is it like not a Christian community, but it's also like a lot of the people I have back home are the opposite. Yeah. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Um, Which is really discouraging. Right. Um, It's like also an opportunity, you know, like it could definitely be. But it's, you know, and like neither of them are going to be there this summer. Exactly. I'm really going to be by myself, and it's
4: just kind of scary.
1: Yeah, absolutely. One of my best friends graduated or moved back home, and also doesn't really have a lot of Christian community, and all of her friends are into the opposite thing. And so she and I talk once a month, and we go through this whole intensive list of dis- uh, accountability questions, because she's like, she knows that, like, without accountability, she like is totally victim to falling astray. I was
5: talking to Jim. Sorry
1: yeah let me pray and we can
0: wrap up and then if you guys have more questions or you guys can all have dinner together yeah Yeah. um father thank you for this group of sophomores thank you for the story that you have been writing and you are continuing to write in their lives we pray that that each of us would be people who would let you write your story with our lives and that we would cooperate with you to become more like you. We pray just your protection on this class. We pray that you would supernaturally knit hearts together, that they would have a closeness um, like other classes have experienced, despite being on Zoom for their entire freshman year. And so we thank you that nothing is impossible with you. And so we ask that you would include many other people in this class, that they would just be a force to be reckoned with as they shine brightly for you on their prospective campuses. So we are so grateful for the opportunity to get to share with them and look forward to hearing in the future how you've used them. In your name we pray. Amen.